Caitlin Mudd is a registered dietitian based in Franklin, Tennessee. Caitlin started her career as a clinical dietitian. However, through her own previous struggles with disordered eating, she discovered her passion to help women heal their relationship with food. She takes an intuitive eating approach to support women with PCOS in ditching the strict diets advised to them so they can stop binging and eat the foods they love without guilt or anxiety. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Caitlin. Thanks, Marissa. So glad to be here. Of course. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you started out versus where you are now? Yeah. So I really started at completely zero. I had a hobby feed and I followed Libby and other RDs who have you know, followed her program for almost a year. And then when COVID hit, I really decided to kind of take that leap of faith. And so now I have my own private practice and I'm getting to help women every single day shift their mindset around food, body, and exercise. And it's just truly inspiring. Awesome. That's so great to hear. I love that you took a moment of, I really got to, I got to start something with COVID hitting and ran with it. And now you're able to do something you really love and enjoy. So that's fantastic. So have you always had this dream to start your own private practice? Yeah. So in college, I always wanted to not go down the clinical route. And so that's kind of like where everything fell for me was to go down the clinical route. But I just always knew that I eventually wanted to do something that I was more passionate about. And so I knew that that's where I wanted to end up. Awesome. And I know we somewhat touched on how you started when COVID hit, but what ultimately led you to take action on pursuing this private practice route? Yeah. So when COVID hit, our census was dropping, you know, that we had two RDs there. So I was going into work every single day, just kind of trying to make myself busy. And what really flipped the script for me and really made me kind of go down that route was one day I went into work and I, you know, had two patients, family members yell at me. And it kind of turned into a whole terror week where I was, one, scared that I was going to lose my job with COVID. I was going in completely uninspired by the work. And now I'm feeling nauseous anytime I have to talk to a family member on the phone. And so eventually, you know, that's what made me like get into like private practice starting Libby's program. But then eventually I did get laid off. Um, in August. And that kind of gave me the opportunity to really put this on the forefront. And so I have just been doing that and I'm excited to kind of see where it goes. Wow. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's it's great to look back and reflect and see how you were able to take something that wasn't bringing you joy and turn that around and, and follow that. So that's really awesome. So now let's talk about the types of clients you work with. How would you describe your current niche? So my current niche is young women with PCOS who struggle with binge eating. And that that definitely has evolved since since I first started. (laughs) But that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. So what did it evolve from and what led you to get that clarity on your ideal client? Yeah. So I originally started with just young women who struggle with binge eating because of my own, you know, like I said in earlier, my own previous struggles with that. But as I started working with these women, I started noticing that they all had one thing in common, and that was that they had PCOS. And so when I dug a little bit deeper with them, I realized that, you know, they had very little support, very little nutrition research on, you know, backing up what they have been told, which is 
just lose weight and eat less and, you know, eat low carb, low sugar. And that really led them to feeling very restricted. And most of them, you know, were binge eating. And so I looked up, you know, I did my own research and I looked up and found that, you know, up to 39% of women who struggle with, who have PCOS also struggle with binge eating. And it is a lot of, a lot of it is linked back to the restrictive diets. Of course, there's other factors at play, but a lot of the women that I was seeing had been told that. And so it led them to binging and they felt, you know, completely out of control and they felt like they didn't have anywhere to turn. And so through that, I was like, this is where my passion lies. I really want to help these women and I really want to be that support for them. Wow. Yeah. That's really, that's really amazing that you took something that you were seeing so frequently in a need that was not being filled and you really ran with that. So since getting very clear and more specific with your ideal client, how has that impacted your business? Yeah. So I just niched down further to PCOS probably about five days ago. And typically my followers, and I know that we shouldn't base it off of followers, but typically my followers were about, you know, a hundred a week. And just over the last three days, I've gotten over a hundred followers and all majority of them are my ideal clients. So I think niching down and being very specific on who you want to work with and showing that through your marketing, you're not going to get, you know, followers that aren't specifically looking for what you are providing. Every once in a while, you'll get a few, but for the most part, if people are following me, they are struggling with what I'm helping with and they're following me because they want help with it and inspiration. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think even though followers is everything, it's important to see how just by becoming more specific in your marketing, you've been able to attract more people who are looking for help. So that's an amazing thing to look back on. Absolutely. So since starting, even though your niche has evolved and all of this stuff and craziness through COVID, can we talk a little bit about how much money you've made from starting your private practice? Yeah. So I haven't really made as much as you go on here and you hear, you know, people saying I made 10K a month and you're like, oh, I want to be there. And, but I am one of the ones that did struggle with my message at first. So it did take me a while to kind of sail off. But so far I have made $700 or a little over 700 now. And so I, you know, started out in July was when I first got my first client and I made 150 in July. And then it kind of went void for a while. I, you know, wasn't, I was getting people DMing me, but they were never, you know, getting on the discovery call and just over the last week and a half. So a little bit has to do with, you know, niching down, but a little over a week and a half now I have had several discovery calls and I have made 550 just in the last week and a half. So majority of what I've made has been very recently. And so I can see that that growth is happening and happening pretty quickly. So that's exciting. Right. Wow. That is really exciting. And for the listeners, it's now September, very beginning of September. So in under two months since starting getting clearer on your messaging, you're already seeing that growth from where you started, which was zero to now you've made, you know, made how much like $500 in a week and a half, you said. Yeah, 550 in the last week and a half. And so wow. it, it went from 150 over, you know, three months to, you know, 550 in, in a week. So, wow. Yeah, that's really great to reflect on. And so since making this money, what has that given you in your life 
since growing this practice? Yeah. So previously I did say that I was laid off in August. And so at first when that happened, I was really kind of scared. I was like, okay, so, you know, I did, I wasn't happy in clinical and I was coming home complaining every single day. And so when I got laid off, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to sit and search for another job and in a position that I don't want to be in. I'm going to have to learn a whole new job. I'm going to have to go back to, you know, talking about things and, you know, educating people on, on beliefs that I don't really believe in like weight loss and, you know, restrictive diets. And so I felt like it was going to put my practice on the back burner, but because I've seen that growth just over the last couple of weeks, including my savings, I'm able to kind of have a little bit of wiggle room to really focus in on my private practice and, and really make this, you know, my sole source of income eventually so that, you know, I don't have to go back into that setting that is not inspiring for me and almost uncomfortable for me. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't it so amazing to look back and think, what if you hadn't started when you did, (laughs) you know, you got started and what perfect timing that right as it's taking off is right after you got laid off to give you more of that security. That's really awesome. So can you share a bit about your money story and your money mindset and how this has evolved for you? Yeah. So kind of growing up, my mom was very frugal with money and very strategic with it. And we definitely had money struggles growing up. So I think that because my mom was so strategic with our money that my siblings and I really didn't know that we were struggling. We just saw my mom being, you know, very clever with money. And she taught us that we have to be independent and that we have to make money and make the right decisions with it so that we can, you know, progress through life. And so I think that that really has resonated with me throughout my entire life, you know, because at 16, I jumped into a job, worked my way up to assistant manager, you know, worked over 40 hours a week. And even when I was in clinical, you know, on the weekends, I was constantly, you know, trying to keep busy, trying to learn and grow in my field, because I knew that, you know, I wanted to be comfortable with my money. So Mm -hmm. I think that her strategic money mindset really rubbed off on me and and it has helped me grow in this business for sure especially with being laid off you know you have to you have to be very strategic with money you have to budget and you have to have money goals going forward and you have to meet those goals or else i will be forced to go back into <laughs> clinical so i i really am appreciative of her being you know so frugal and so strategic Yeah, that's, that's really great. Thanks for sharing that. And so going off of that, you said you have to have your money goals. So what are your next money goals now that you've kind of surpassed maybe that smaller short-term goal? Yeah. So right now my money goals are to get one client a week, which is about 1400 a month. And I would like that to progress pretty quickly. And so I would say that my, you know, immediate next goal after that would be to be making 3000 a month by November, because that will kind of give me that wiggle room and the 3000 will replace what I was making at in clinical. And then one year from now, my goal would be to be making like 5000 a month. And then of course, two years, hopefully 10k <laughs> makes six, six figures. So yeah, those are those are my goals so far. Awesome. I love the specificity of your goals. So saying November and then in one year, in two years, I think that's really great. And it helps set some mile markers up as you move along and how you can progress to those goals. So 
How do you approach sales now that we've talked about making the sales? What's your approach to actually getting the sales and how has your mindset evolved around this? Yeah. So at first, sales were very scary to me. And I think that this is normal for all of us. We have the imposter syndrome. And as an RD, you know, and I'm sure you can attest to this, we get a lot of DMs from influencers and MLMs. And we're just like, you know, this is annoying. You're, you're bombarding me. You're trying to sell me stuff and I have no interest in it. And so that really intimidated me because I was like, I don't want to be, you know, that person that is constantly bombarding people and constantly trying to sell myself. But I think through Libby's program and, and Libby definitely, you know, has that mindset of, you know, don't come off salesy, be, you know, a, a resource for your ideal client. And then if they want to buy, you know, and they see that you are confident, that you're knowledgeable, and that you can provide them the outcome that they want, then it's not coming off salesy. And so, you know, sales calls were very scary for me. And I would literally be like so anxious. I would have to like set up my desk. I, you know, have candles. I would <laughs> like drink some tea and like calm down before the sales calls. And two, well, I, I would say three things really kind of helped shift that mindset. One is somebody told me, I can't remember who, but somebody told me that they are more nervous for the sales call than you are. And I think that's totally true because when I had my like discovery call with Libby, I was so nervous. I thought that I was like going to, like, I felt like I was going to an interview because I wanted to sell myself to her really. And so I do think that they feel that way. And then two, when your marketing is so specific and showing them, you know, the specific you know, outcome that they're going to get. And it brings in, it brings in your exact person and they're all the same. And so when I hop on that call, I know exactly what they're going to tell me. I know exactly what their struggles are, exactly how they feel. I have felt that way before, so I can relate to them. And I have these open-ended questions that will kind of funnel them into you know, the sale. And so it has become much easier for me because I know exactly what I'm, what I'm going into. And then the third thing Micah actually told me, she said, you know, just go in and be excited, you know, cause you are excited. You want to sell them this because you know that it can help them. And so just go in and show them that and show them that you're passionate about helping them. And that's truly what you're trying to do, not trying to sell them. You're trying to help them get to the outcome that you provide. And so those three things really helped. And just over the last week with my discovery calls, it's become more of a conversation instead of just me going in and being like, well, this is what I can provide you. This is why you should buy from me. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great advice. Honestly, I could take some of that advice. So (laughs) thank you for sharing that. So, you know, you mentioned, you know exactly who's coming to you now. So it's a lot more organic. You can have a conversation, you know exactly what they're going to tell you. And that comes from your marketing. So can you walk us through your experience using social media to grow your business and attract these ideal clients? Yeah. So first, whenever I had, like I said, I started from zero, I had a hobby feed and it was really just me posting like random, random food pictures, recipes, everything, everything that we've always heard from dietitians. Um, I had like blog posts. I was just doing way too much. And I didn't even realize until I started following Libby and following these other RDs that you can, you can market yourself through Instagram. It's not just for posting pictures. You can truly market yourself and make money. And so when I started the program, 
you know, my pictures went from, you know, food and pictures of me with food to now pictures actually showing their struggle and how I can help them get to their outcome. And so since then, I've had, like I said, multiple DMs a week, you know, multiple discovery calls a week. And so that's really such a 180 from what I was doing previously, which was just wasting my time, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important to recognize that it sounds like now you're making the content for them rather than for yourself and being very specific to what they need. Absolutely. So with using social media, you know, we're behind a screen. So it's important to build that know, like, and trust factor. So what one to two tips do you have for the listeners about how to build that know, like, and trust? Yeah. So I would say, and we always say it, you know, number one is stories, get on your stories, show your face, show, like when you show your clients wins, it shows that you're credible. When you show uh, your post or you hop on there and you talk about your post, it shows that you're knowledgeable and that you're confident in what you're providing. And then number three, when you go on and you share your personal stories, it shows that you're human. And then number two would be getting in the DMs, you know, messaging everybody back if you can. Of course, you know, you get busy, but that really creates relationships with them and it provides them value. And then through that, you get content. They're sharing their, you know, personal struggles with you and you're able to kind of make that into content and attract more people. And so it's just really building relationships with those people by showing that you're credible, you're knowledgeable, and you're a person. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, well, no, I can't show my face on social media. I I don't want to do that. What advice would you have for them if they are feeling a bit hesitant to get on and and show exactly who they are on social media? Yeah. So I didn't really struggle with the showing your face in the stories part of it because I did that on my hobby feed. I would always, you know, hop on and talk about my groceries and blah, blah, blah. But the sales part of it is scary and it becomes very intimidating. So then you get on and you're like, you know, flubbering over your words. And I think being a perfectionist and most of us really are perfectionists, very type A, we take like multiple different shots. Like we're, you know, we go over it and then we delete it and we do another one and, and we really are focused in on like every mistake that we make. And I think just going on there and talking and like if at first it does seem difficult and that you flubber over your words and stuff, just write down like bullet points and make sure to hit those bullet points when you're talking. But understanding that if you, you know, mess up a word or you say something that sounds silly, like that shows that you're human and that gives your ideal clients and your followers an idea of like, oh, like she's human. She messes up. She's funny. You know, like if you kind of make a joke about it, whenever you say something stupid, like they're like, oh, like that's funny. Like she is somebody that I can probably relate to. And so it really helps build that no like and trust factor. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're great at showing the bloopers behind the scenes, <laughs> look at your content. And I love it. I love when people yeah. share that. I think it, it does show that you're a real person. It makes you more relatable for sure. Yeah, so you totally that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun to be like, wow, look at this. I'm dropping food all over the floor just to make content for my Instagram. It's, it's really yeah. great. And it's also funny. So what advice would you give a dietitian who's just starting out and they're hearing your story about how you jumped into private practice and it sort of saved you from having to go back into clinical? What would you tell them? 
Yeah, I would say that if you are stuck in a job that you really feel uninspired by and that you almost dread going to work every single day, then, you know, and you want to, you know, be your own boss, you want to make more of an impact and you want to make more money, then you need to just do it. It's totally 100% possible. And, you know, we, we don't have to, you know, stay in a position where we aren't really feeling passionate or inspired by the work that we do. And so I would say just do it and it's a hundred percent possible and you know, everything happens for a reason. So, I mean, if you, if you are feeling this way, there's a reason behind it and, you know, just take that leap of faith and, and everything will fall into place the way that it, it should. Yeah. That's really great advice. Thank you. So what is next for your business? What's coming up for you? Yeah. So Group programs is coming up very soon, I hope. I would like to get into group programs, hopefully by mid-October, maybe early November. And then after that, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's after that, but group programs immediately. I would like to maybe scale those to, to bigger groups for sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and all of your insight with us today. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at pcos.binge.nutritionist. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.